Welcome to the Supernatural Childbirth Mamas podcast. This is a place for you to come hear testimonies of other moms who are believing for supernatural childbirth, have already had a supernatural childbirth. This is just the place for you to come be refreshed, hear testimonies, and have community. Moms, we have a Facebook group now. You can search for Supernatural Childbirth Mamas in groups on Facebook. Come join us. We want to have community. We want for you to have a place to not feel alone and have other like-minded mamas. We are having meetups once a month, and my goal and my heart is to build a community around this topic, but mostly around our relationship with the Lord and walking out this faith walk of being a mom and having a supernatural life as a child of God and as a follower of Jesus. So I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait to dive into today's podcast. Welcome to the Supernatural Childbirth Mamas podcast. We are so excited today. We're trying something new. We have uh, two of us hosting, and we have a very special guest today. I'm so excited that she is on. So I want to welcome you, moms. I know it's been a while since our last podcast. Um, we are still taking moms who want to share their awesome stories. Just reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Jana's Organic. J-A-N-N-A-S Organic on Instagram, um, or you can find us on Facebook. We have a group called Supernatural Childbirth Mamas as well, and you can reach out as um, at there as well. So we're going to jump right in. I have, uh, I know on our last podcast, I introduced Libby to all of you, some new leadership that stepped in here with Supernatural Childbirth Moms. So she's going to help me host today's podcast. So Libby, do you want to hop right in? I'm so happy you're here Yeah. Today. Hey, everyone. Um so I'm introducing Kenda Johnson, right? Yes. Okay. And so you're going to share with us your story. So go ahead. Okay. Is there anywhere you guys want me to start? Wherever you want. Wherever you want. You feel Holy Spirit leading. And oh, Libby, do you mind praying yes. for her? Oh, quick? yeah. Yeah. Let me pray. Okay. Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much um, just for anointing this time, bringing us ladies together just to hear Kenda's story. And I just pray that you help her remember all the little details of her story that you just um, find light where it needs to be shown and help um, this story touch other women and um, just give them encouragement in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. So thank you for having me on. Um, it has been such a blessing listening to you guys, um, your story, your personal stories, and also the stories of the other women that I've heard. Um, I, in November of last year, I found out that I was pregnant with my fourth, well, technically it's my fifth pregnancy, but my fourth live birth. Um, and we weren't planning to have any more children. That was not our plan at all. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so it was quite a surprise for mm-hmm. us to find out we were having another baby. And um, it was just before my birthday. So my birthday was around the 20, was the 22nd of November. And maybe a week before that, I had found out I was pregnant. And um, again, shock. And it was like, okay, well, we didn't plan it, but this is what God planned. Mm. But also too, I've never really had, like my pregnancies have been, hmm, my first one, I was, a, I was a teenage mom when I had my first daughter. So she is 20 this year. And, um, you know, I don't really remember what that was like. And then when I had with my with my second, that was almost 14 years later. So that was a different experience because I was more mature and I was able to understand better or ask different questions and think about things differently and even be more aware of my body. And um, so with that with this pregnancy now it was like okay after we had our third daughter um our third child second daughter it was like i i we were like we were finished we were content because my pregnancies didn't always feel that great um and i remember i have a prayer group where i pray with three of my friends every wednesday morning we come on we do a devotion we pray together every Wednesday. And I had to drop something off for one of them one day. And she said to me, I have a book for you 
And I've been meaning to share this book with you. And by this time now, it's about January. So I stopped by her place and to pick up the book and it's supernatural childbirth. And I'm thinking, well, this is, this is different. When I was looking at the book, I'm like, this is an interesting, you know, I've never heard of the book. I never heard of this. And, you know, and when I started to read it, I'm like, this is very different. The things that Jackie Mai speaks about in there, but I was willing to go with it. I was willing to try it out and to just, you know, see where it leads. I decided to look up a podcast because I was like, okay, I'm sure at this point in this time that we're in, there has to be a podcast that goes along with this. And that is when I found Jana. I found this podcast. You were just, um, I don't even think you had that many stories on yet. And so that was around January of this year, January, end of January, beginning of February now of this year. And there weren't that many stories on there, but I, you had put up your story, which I heard. You also had a special one where you did a prayer, which was amazing. And I really appreciated that prayer. And I just continued to follow the podcast from there, as well as I started, I remember one of the women that you interviewed said that what she used to do was at night, she would have the, she would play the promises because she downloaded it um, on an app and she would play the promises and listen to the promises every night. So I decided that that's what I was going to do when I was at bath time. I would just play the promises and I would claim the promises and I would listen to it that way. And then after I would read a chapter of the book every night until I was finished reading it. Um, the one thing that that book encouraged me and why I kept going was it spoke a lot about faith that's what I understood faith in God's word and I decided that I'm going to take God at his word and that what Jackie Mize was encouraging is to realize that God's words are true and if he says it it is true but it's what you believe and how you take his word so you have to make his word real and living in your life and that is what I got from it so I decided that I was going to someone else also when in there was encouraging in the podcast was encouraging us to write out a list of things for your pregnancy, for your birth. And so I decided that I was going to write out a list of things that I wanted for the birth. And, um, and I kept it even to this day because I said, I want to keep this to remember even for future um, reference um, because God really came through and I was praying for things. I prayed for a pain-free labor. I paid for it to be no more. I said two to three hours at max. I didn't want any tearing. Um, I didn't want to have to push long. And one of the things I prayed for was to deliver at 38 weeks. Um, I never wanted to go to the full 40 weeks and I've never gone to the full 40 weeks. And after 38 weeks, I, I remember you just feel tired and you're just, it, for me, I was just, past it at 38 weeks I would be ready for it to be over so I was praying that at 38 weeks once the baby's fully developed that was one of the things I want to deliver at 38 weeks another thing that was different with this pregnancy was all my other pregnancies I had doctors this time we intentionally looked at having a midwife and the reason we chose to have a midwife was because we wanted to do we were thinking about a home birth um, my husband wasn't, um, he wasn't fully committed to the home birth idea, even up until it was time for delivery. But he just kept saying, we'll see how it goes. Um, but we got a midwife because here in Toronto, there was a lot of stuff happening with COVID and we were having a lot of lockdowns still. So I wanted to give myself the option that if anything happened, that I'm comfortable in my home because I didn't like the idea of possibly wearing a mask while I'm delivering or, you know, in the middle of delivery, you know, my midwife was explaining, like, if there's a fever, you may have to do a COVID test, you know, labor and delivery is not something that you want. It's already in itself uh, a moment where you just, you just want to enjoy the moment, not to have anything else to worry about. So I felt, let me give myself the option to deliver at home. So I don't have to worry about anything else. No complications so that I can deliver the baby at home. The next major thing that I wanted and I prayed about was that, that I would not have any interventions during my pregnancy and during my labor. Mm. Because what I wanted my midwives to know was that God was the one carrying me through this. 
And I wanted my delivery to be a witness for my midwives. I had three midwives on my team and I really wanted it to be a witness to them that God is in control. And when I say no interventions, I even mean supplements. I took my multivitamins, but I didn't want to take anything beyond that. And I didn't want any, any extra tests that was unnecessary, anything where the baby's heart rate, where we have to do anything or for them to say, you know, well, you're going to have to deliver in the hospital because, you know, you need this medicine or I didn't want anything extra. I wanted that God was taking care of everything and that they would know that he was in control. And listen, and this is where the podcast came in on top of the book. The podcast, listening to the different birth stories, allowed me to realize that God can do it because I was hearing him do it for other women. Um, the last podcast I'd listened to before I delivered was the one where she talked about delivering in her bathroom before the ambulance got there. I don't remember her name, but um, I thought that was amazing. And I remember her saying that, there was, she had some complications where they wanted to induce her and she really did not want to be induced. And her baby came before she delivered, before she had to be induced. So she delivered before and she, and she delivered at home with her mother and her husband there. And just before the ambulance got, came to get her. And I thought, wow, God knows exactly what we need and he knows the desires of our hearts. And sometimes things may seem so small and insignificant or like, why am I praying for that? Because you know what? Everybody goes through this. But what Jackie Mize, what I love in the book, she encourages you that not because the world tells you that this is the way it's supposed to be. It has to be that way because that's not the way God says it's supposed to be. Right. Mm -hmm. So that really like the podcast, listening to the podcast, reading the book really encouraged me in that way that I don't have to have certain things the way that is considered normal by the world standards or by medical care standards. Um, so going forward, um, around the 20, around 26 week, I had to do the sugar test. To be very honest, I didn't want to do the sugar test. I remember saying to my midwives, I really don't care to do it. And she said, you know what? You don't have to. And this was the only time I was like, okay, I, I, I gave in. And I said, you know what, I'll just do it. Because one of the other midwives kind of looked at me and was like, mm, you know, you, it, you don't have to, but you know, it doesn't hurt to do it. And I said, you know what, let me just do the sugar test. But I really, in my spirit, I really felt I didn't, it, I should not have done it. And the sugar test came back normal, which I knew it would because there was nothing wrong. But I also did an iron test at that point because they said they wanted to check my iron because I was, you know, past halfway. And, you know, they just wanted to make sure to, to find out where my levels were. So they said my iron was low at that point when they checked it. And they wanted me to take iron supplements because it had dropped so low that they were concerned that it would drop even more. And I was in the danger zone of not having my iron levels high enough to create any other complications in labor. And I remember when the midwife called me, I wasn't too happy with her response because in the end, by the end of the conversation, her comment, one of the midwives, her comment to me was, you, if you, if your blood level, if your iron platelet levels are too low, you will not be able to have a home birth. And I thought, but that's kind of presumptuous. That's so soon. I'm only 26 weeks. So to tell me something like that at only 26 weeks, I just found it a little bit threatening almost like I should take the iron supplements or else. And I wasn't comfortable with the way she spoke. And what was funny was on my list, I actually prayed for a specific midwife. And I did not that one that had said to me, you know, if you don't do this, this is the possibility. I had actually prayed that I did not get her in labor and in my labor and delivery. <laughs> but we'll see what happens later. And that's exactly what I prayed that I would not get her because twice I had an encounter with her that I wasn't the most comfortable with. But I also prayed, Lord, if it is that she's supposed to be there, there's a reason you have her there and help me to be a witness and to still be kind to her. Mm -hmm. Um so I continued maybe a month later they said they'll check my iron again a month later to see where it's at a month later they checked it it had gone up a bit but it still wasn't enough and at that point I was contemplating taking the 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 iron supplements and I was I was actually in the, at the store to go and buy them and while I was there I, and I think I picked it up and the holy spirit said leave it and I left it 
And I said, I'm just going to do what I've been doing, eating my fruits, vegetables, doing what I need to do and, you know, do it naturally. So we did the blood test again for the third time. A different midwife called me and she said, I don't know what you did, but your iron levels shot up like it's amazing. She's, and she asked me if I took the supplements. And I said, no, I didn't take anything. And she was really surprised at how, how high it had gone up. So she was like, you have no issues and you will be just fine for um, a home birth. So I said, that was great. And I thank God because you know what? And I said to her, I said, that was all God. That was nothing I did because I had even forgotten to be intentional about what I was eating, to be very honest with you. Because at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to eat and let God do the rest. So I wasn't even focusing on my iron. And it shot up. I also remember because it's really hot, I had really swollen, my feet were swollen really badly and they were hurting and they had swollen to the point where I was it, up to my thighs were get were swollen. And, um, and I wasn't used to that because my two middle children are winter babies. So I never had any issues with swelling in my legs. Um, and so that was that was new and it was very uncomfortable. As I said, I like it, it had gotten pass up up to my thighs and I remember my husband even looking and saying wow I've never seen your feet look like that are you sure you're okay and you don't need to see someone to find out what's going on so I did speak to the midwife and she said it is the heat but just you know just monitor it to make sure it's nothing more and I think I had an appointment with her and she so I went to the appointment and she checked it and she said so far it's not looking like anything but we'll just monitor it that night I came home and um, I had a friend who said to me, you know what, just drink a lot of water, put your legs up and see what happens. I did that. I did that night. I showered. I put up my legs. I got my book and I was reading and I was praying some of the prayers from the book. But then I added in and I asked God to take the swelling away and not to let it come back for the remainder of the pregnancy, which I had potential for it to come back because it was still hot. I was due in July. So there was potential that I would have the swelling throughout, but I prayed that he would take it away for good. Like there would be no more swelling. When I woke up the next morning, it was still hot, but the swelling was totally gone. And we had had we had some really hot days between June and July. And this was around June that my feet had started to swell. And I had my feet never swole again until my delivery. I never had any swelling whatsoever again after that. And again, these are little things that may seem simple or unimportant, but I just realized how much God cares that even something like that, because I know women that swell right up throughout their whole pregnancy and not just their legs, their entire body. But, you know, again, in the Jackie Mai's being reminded that it does not have to be normal. I don't have to accept things like that. And I can speak to my body and in praying, I can claim certain things. And that's exactly what I did. So at this point, now we're in the end of June. I was, I'm also, I also teach. So I was finishing up my school year. So ended my school year in June and but I taught summer school so July I taught summer school because I figured I was due July 16th let's see where it goes but again my hope was to deliver at 38 weeks I was hoping okay she'd come before I delivered so and the teaching was online so I shouldn't have a problem to teach well that was the that was one of the things God did not answer and I just said you know what <laughs> that is okay because some things it's really not that big a deal and, you know, God had a purpose in the fact in her not being born at 38 weeks. So I started teaching summer school and report cards were due at that point, July 15th. And in that time, I was trying everything. I was taking walks every day. Um, I was going up. I was just keeping myself, getting myself ready for delivery. I would take the kids outside, walk up and down hills. Yeah. I remember we went um, to this conservation where... They had these steep stairs and I remember going down and coming up and this couple saw me and said, um, wow, I'm amazed at how well you came up those stairs. Um, and when they found out I was 38 weeks pregnant, they were shocked to know that I, you know, I came up, I wasn't really out of breath and I had done well. And again, that was all God because... You know, I also realized that the way that I was handling the pregnancy was a lot different from my others. I was not I was trying my best not to complain about being uncomfortable. 
um, during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And I would, when anybody would ask me how I was doing, even if I may not have been feeling great that day, I would tell them I'm doing well. And I was intentional about that. I was intentional about saying I'm doing well, everything is going well, because I did not want to call anything, you know, negative on myself or on the baby and I wanted to remain positive even when as I said it was difficult and you know I remember there were some days that it just wasn't easy and you know just listening to the podcast sometimes it was always the right time there was one with a with someone she was from um, Great Britain and she you know I remember her saying that not because you're praying these prayers and you're claiming the promises doesn't mean that some days aren't going to be challenging but it's how you handle those days and remembering that God is with you even in those moments. And, you know, I, that day was a difficult day. I remember waking up that morning and I was not feeling that great. And when I heard that podcast, it was like, uh, it just helped me. It was very refreshing and it just helped me to, to reset my day. Um, and the next thing is I was listening to the podcast at like six in the morning because my oldest daughter was working and I would be dropped and she would start work at seven. So I would be dropping her off for seven in the morning and then coming back. So I'd be listening to the podcast while I was in the car by myself because that was really the only time I would have to myself um, with two small children because my other two children are five and three years old. So I didn't have much time during the day. And so it was really encouraging to listen to and it would help me to just reset if I wasn't feeling that great. And so, you know, and I remember seeing one time I saw a lady in a grocery store and she said to me, you know, she said, you're so perky. She said, I wish my daughter could be like you in this condition. And I turned to her and I said, this is not me. This is all God because (laughs) in myself, I am not naturally a perky person or someone who is, you know, happy-go-lucky like that. That is all God. So I thank God that I'm able to encourage you. And I pray you can encourage your daughter, you know, to just remember that it's all in how she thinks about the pregnancy. Um, coming now to my labor and delivery. So back to, the, back to being now the past the 38 weeks. We made it down to the 38 weeks and one of what happened at that point, they had checked my they had checked baby and the midwife was a little concerned that she hadn't turned yet. So she asked me to do an ultrasound just to make sure. And I said, I know she has turned. She said, Yeah, well, I'm not too sure. So just to be just to be sure, can you just do the ultrasound for me? I did the ultrasound and the ultrasound came back and she said, You were right. She has turned. I said, I knew that. I wasn't worried. And I just put it. I just, again, one other thing I prayed and I, because that was also on my prayer list that the baby would be, would turn as she's supposed to. And there would be no complications in that way. Um, and, and again, at that point, she had checked the heartbeat and there was one point um, the baby was just really, really busy and she was very active. So the heart rate, her heart rate was high and the midwife again was concerned and she said, okay, I'm going to need you to go do a stress, a non-stress test at the hospital just to make sure everything is okay. I said, okay. I said, she's fine, but we'll do the non-stress test. So I went to the hospital. I said, and this is great for me anyways, because I can just lay in the bed and relax without anybody calling me or asking me to do anything. So if you want the non-stress test, I'm okay with that. (laughs) So I went to the hospital to meet one of the other midwives. And she said, we'll just do it for 20 minutes to see. And, um, and if, there's any, if there's any issues, well, then we have to determine if we're going to induce your labor. I had already prayed that I would not be induced because I did not want, again, any interventions. So I laid on the bed and I just relaxed. And she said, 20 minutes is up and you, her heart rate is normal. We have nothing to worry about. You can go home. Uh-huh. said thanks and you know I appreciated the time to just rest <laughs> so went home um, again I'm teaching summer school so did my time at summer school and we were two weeks in at this point so I made it now I'm at 39 weeks and at this point they decided they were going to do that um, the, the the sweep the, the sweeping, the scoop and sweep, I never know what it's called, but I never, I did not hear about it prior to the podcast, like listening. I think, Jana, you had mentioned that in your podcast and your birth story. But before that, I had not 
done anything like that. And, um, and she offered to do it. The midwife offered to do it. And she did do it. And when she did it, nothing happened. She, she couldn't, actually, she couldn't even get a proper, she couldn't swoop properly because she said my cervix was still too high. So she couldn't even do anything. Um, it didn't work. Um, they, they tried again maybe a week later. So that was at 38 weeks. They did that at 39 and a bit. They tried again. And this time, again, nothing happened right away. So it was the Tuesday. So I was about 39 and four days, five days at that point when they did it. And the Wednesday, the day after, I noticed my mucus plug was coming out. But it was happening slowly. Nothing was happening all at one time. And I was feeling pain, which I just thought was Braxton Hicks. And I was just like, okay, it's nothing to worry about. I remember speaking to the midwife. She said, yes, it sounds like your mucus plug is coming out. Just, you know, just watch and monitor. So that's what I was doing. And she said, as long as there's no heavy bleeding, we're not going to worry. Um, I, at that point, they had, she said, just call back and, you know, just keep also time any pain that you're getting. If you feel any contractions, time it. So again, it was the Wednesday so Wednesday night, I started, I was feeling pain, but it was irregular. It was not coming consistently every 10 minutes, every five minutes. And Ooh. I didn't really sleep that night, but I, I didn't sleep not because of pain. I didn't sleep because I was kind of anxious because I knew I was getting to the 40 weeks and I was getting really excited. Like, what is this going to be like? Am I going to have a lot of pain? Is it going to be like my other labor and deliveries? What is this going to be like? Um, because again, I'm still praying for two to three hours maximum of active labor and for it to end. So that was Wednesday night. I didn't really sleep. Thursday, I had report cards due. Plus, I had to teach the class in the morning. Taught the class that morning. I had report cards due. I finished my report cards. They were due for 2 o'clock. I had completed them by about 12.30, 1 o'clock, and submitted them online. Um, and they, the principal emailed me back and said, your report cards look great. So I didn't have anything more to do with my report cards. I didn't have to edit anything. Everything was perfect. I thank God and moved on from that. Um, my husband had gone out to drop my daughter again to work. And when he went out, I asked him to bring me back some food. So he brought me back some food. And when he came back, I ate and I said, I'm going to take a shower. And I'm going to take a nap so because I didn't sleep the night before. So I went to sleep and I woke and that was around three o'clock around 530. I woke up, but I was just laying in the bed and I was just praying because I was feeling pain. But again, it wasn't anything that was extremely painful. And it wasn't like what I've experienced in my other pregnant and my other labors. Because in my other labor, I would be, the pain was excruciating and I would not be able to handle it. And this time it was, you know, I felt that they were like cramps, but it wasn't anything that I was, you know, come, it wasn't too bad. So I, I, my husband was downstairs with the two, with the kids and he came because he, now he was getting ready now, but when I finally decided to get up and let him know, I've been feeling the pain. And then at some point it started to become like every 10 minutes. But again, I told him, it was like, I, I called him and I said, it's like cramping. It's nothing serious. So I'm not sure if this is labor or what, but I'm not feeling anything that, you know, I need to really worry about. So maybe I shouldn't call the midwife. And he said, no, just call her and just let her know what's going on and, and see what she says. So the next thing again, I prayed for a specific midwife. That midwife was on vacation and was coming back Sunday. At this point now, the midwife that is on call is the midwife that I did not want. So I'm delivering. She's the midwife that I'm getting. And I said, Lord, if this is who it's to be, help me to just go through this with grace and, you know, to just reflect you through it. So called her or I paged her, she called me back and she said, you know what, even if it's not labor, I'll just come and I'll check you and see where you're at. If it's nothing, I can just leave. So you don't need to worry. <laughs> so she came, um, it was around, and I called her around 6.30 and she said, I'll be there in half an hour. I went and I decided I needed to use the bathroom. I went and I used the bathroom and I said, Lord, this, if this is labor, it seems like I am going to have pain. It's not totally pain-free. So please make it quick. 
because I don't need both. I don't need a long labor and I don't need it to be painful. Um, she came five minutes later. So she got here around 7.05 and she checked me and she said, you are seven to eight centimeters dilated. Wow. I'm not going anywhere because this is considered active labor. In fact, I need to get the other midwife because after a certain point, you're not allowed, they're not allowed to be alone with you. It had, they have to have a second midwife there. The other midwife that came, she said to me, she's great. She's actually from the States and she specializes in home births. So this is, this is normal. So she's, she's okay with this. Anyways, I, um, they came, it was after seven, as I said, at this point. And when she checked me, I said, she was said I was seven to eight centimeters. My husband had just come back from picking up my daughter as well. And he was amazed to hear that at this point. Now we were supposed to have my cousin come over to look after the kids so that, you know, while I'm doing the labor and delivery, there would be no distractions from them. And, you know, there, you know, someone is keeping them busy. My cousin lives an hour and about a half away. So she would have needed time. So I called my friend and I asked her, I said, you know, do you mind? And my friend just, my friend just came over, but she, it still took her a while to get here, but she did come to just, you know, with her son to keep the kids a little bit busy, but there wasn't any time for anyone really, or to get anyone here, you know, to get things going. Um, We just had to go with what we had and to do what we needed to do. So the midwives changed. We changed all the sheets. I changed, you know, they, they set up all that they needed to set up. And about one hour later, my mid- around eight o'clock, my midwife ch- asked her to check me again because I was feeling the pain coming a little bit more, but it still, again, wasn't that bad. When she checked me, she said, you're still seven centimeters, but I think if you change and go down on, you know, all fours, I think that will help the baby to turn. I think they wanted her to be, I I don't remember if it's the left or the right from where she was, her face, the where her face was facing. So they said, if you do that, I'm pretty sure we can get her to come down. And I am telling you, as soon as I went on my knees and the next contraction, I felt the baby turn and I was like I don't know what it is you asked me to do but I'm feeling it now and now the pain is coming and I just felt the contractions become more intense at this point and the contractions at this point were still about seven or ten centimeters apart when she when she had she had me stay there for about 15 minutes she said I did the two minutes I said I need you to stay there about 15 minutes and just ride the contractions out they had me like you know turn my waist um with the contractions as I was going and I stayed on my knees at that point I remember saying to them because it got so painful I said I think I need something they were like uh there's nothing to get here (laughs) we don't have anything you'll be fine at this point you're almost there um, but again, and this is why I'm happy I did it at home because with my other two, I did it in the hospital and, you know, it's easy to say in the hospital when you say that your birth plan can easily go out the window and they will just give in and give you anything at that point. And I really didn't want to, because I know once the pain comes, sometimes the pain is what's talking and not you, despite what you may want. And they just said, okay, let's just write it out a little bit more. And they tried something called a TENS machine and they put that on my back. I did not like that at all. I felt it made the contract the contractions worse. So they took it off right away. So I have a tub, not like a big, you know, like a big bathtub. I just have like a standalone tub in my ensuite in my bedroom. So they fill that up for me to sit in there for a little bit. And when I went and I when I went into the water. It was like the warmth of the water. My body just relaxed and the contractions were a lot better at that point. Another thing that was on my list for my prayer was that my water would break on its own, that I would not need my water broken and that it would just naturally break. And my midwife had said to me that the thing about your water breaking, she said, some babies can even be born in their water. I am not worried about it. And I have no intentions of breaking your water unless you want me to. But I don't plan on it. When I went in the water, it was now at this point, it was about, I would say about nine o'clock at this point, maybe even a little bit after. Because when I went in the water, I was in there for about 10 minutes. 
and my water, I just felt a pop and my water broke on its own. At that point, the contractions were like, I could feel the baby pressing down. I remember saying to her, I need to push. And the other midwife that came, the one that they said that specializes in home birth, I saw her nudge my midwife to let her know to take me out of the water because she wasn't comfortable with me delivering in there because she said the tub was too narrow and I would not have been able to, if anything happened, they wouldn't have been able to help me if there were any, anything they needed to do. So they took me out of the water right away. They dried me up. My husband and my midwife dried me up and they got me on the bed because they were like, it's time to push. And when my midwife checked, she's like, yep, just, you know, you need to push. We need to, we're going to start pushing because the baby's ready to come. At this point, though, I'm, I'm thinking because, again, I delivered my children in the hospital and, you know, there were things that they would tell me to do. You're going to push. You're going to count to 10 with every push. Um, You're going to push this way. Your husband's going to hold your legs. All these things they would do in the hospital. This time, there was none of that. And I remember saying to her, so do you want my husband to hold my legs your way? She was like, nope, nothing like that. Why do you need to do that? I said, because that's what I'm used to. She said, nope, you're fine. You you just lift your legs. And when you feel the need to push, you let us know. You push. And that's what we're going to go with, what you say. Um, and I was, I was a little bit, you know, that was different. And I said, okay, do you want me to count? She said, what are you counting for? Again, that's what I was used to. She said, you don't need to do anything. You just push as long as you need to and stop when you need to rest. It was so freeing to do it that way. And I remember doing that and the baby was born within seven minutes. I don't even remember how many times I pushed, but she was born in seven minutes and she was born at exactly 9.27 p.m. So my labor and delivery from when my midwife came to delivery was about two hours and less than 30 minutes. And I thanked God because that was all God. And I know that I've had people say, well, after the amount of kids you have, Of course, your labor was quick, but that's incorrect because there are women who have their first child and deliver in less than an hour. There are women that have five, six children and they have pain. They have deliveries that are so challenging that they end up having C-sections after never having a C-section. And I know an example of that is my sister. She had five children and her fifth child was a C-section. The other four were not c They were all natural deliveries, right? So... I, I don't believe that's what that was. I believe that was all God and it was all the prayers and that I prayed, all the promises in God's word that I claimed. And, you know, there was a, a lady that I found while I was pregnant called Rebecca Dawn and I would listen to her music. She's, she lives in Kenya and some of the songs she would sing were in Swahili, but some were in English. And I was playing those songs during, you know, when the midwife got here, just, you know, to relax me and to just, you know, give me some kind of peace. I was playing those in the background and it really, really, really helped. And the next thing that I prayed that there would be no complications, no tearing. Also, I prayed, I had no tearing. Um, I did not have any excessive bleeding, which I also prayed about. None of that. Um, Everything went well. And one thing that I prayed was that this baby would not weigh more than seven pounds. I said no more than seven pounds. And she weighed six pounds, nine ounces. And I was very thankful because my second daughter weighed for me you know for some people would say it's not big but all my other children were into six pounds and she was seven pounds eight ounces she was the biggest baby I had and she was just very heavy and for my frame I am five feet that was a lot for me um, to carry and to push and um, it it was very challenging because I even remember when I was pushing the doctors were like wow um, we need they had to take time to avoid me tearing because they said depending on how I push I would have teared really badly with her so they really had to get involved in helping me with that and I did not want anything like that this time and so she was under seven pounds which was the perfect weight and for me and I was just so thankful Um, My husband was worried about there being a mess in the house (laughs) and, you know, and we have carpet in our bedroom. So he was worried. There (laughs) was absolutely no mess. There was no real bleeding until Mm. I delivered. There was nothing like that until I delivered her. I had no issues with that. And, um, you know, we had bought a bunch of towels and stuff. They really only use one or two towels out of all the towels we bought. So it was just 
the experience was surreal but it was such a beautiful experience and I am so thankful for it and I am an advocate also for home births because I feel you are able to be more free and you are more in control and I find in the hospitals after having three children in the hospitals it's harder to be in control I remember having my son and I remember when I wanted to when I didn't want the epidural the anesthesiologist actually came into my room and his comment was um she thinks she doesn't want the epidural but i'll be back and when i think about things like that then it's like you're taking away people's choices and it can make you feel uncomfortable and you know just make you feel like you're making the wrong choice and that's another thing i remember you know the nurses and doctors would say to me you're not less of a woman if you take the epidural and i'm not thinking i don't think that and i don't think anyone that takes the epidural is less of a woman but I don't want the epidural. I want to do this naturally. And I want to feel my body go through it. Because I also know I had the epidural with my first daughter. And I didn't like the way I felt after. I didn't like the fact that I felt like my legs were wobbly. And I had no control of my body. And I was relying on the nurses to tell me when to push and how to push. I wanted to feel everything and to be in control of that. As much as, yes, it hurt, I wanted to feel it and I found that my healing was a lot better when I did not do the epidural in compared to doing the epidural I didn't have the same healing I think my healing was a lot more challenging with my oldest daughter after having the epidural so you know this experience was was unexpected but it was an unexpected blessing so I'm going to stop there and if you guys have any questions or if there's anything you want me to fill in the gap, please ask. That was awesome. I loved your story. I thought that was so neat. Um, I think you had a lot of good advice, too, about, like, just speaking to other women. Um, you know, just how you were able to just claim those things over yourself daily. I think that's so important to, like, renew your mind and keep speaking words of life and I remember you saying, too, that, like, when people would ask you how you felt, you would just say, I feel great, you know, I feel good. And I think that's so powerful because we don't realize that, like, what's that verse? Proverbs eighteen twenty one, the tongue has the power of life and death. Yes, it does. A lot of women don't realize that what they say, you know, you have power. So when you say, I'm tired and I feel bad and I don't look pretty and, you know, those you start to feel that way. But exactly. That's, that's so awesome. Your story is amazing. Thank um, you. I'm trying to think questions. Um, you said that your husband wasn't like super excited about you having a home birth or he <laughs> was like, was he nervous? He was nervous. He, he was. was. And I think it's just the idea of what we're all used to, right? And what we think about birth and we, we automatically think the hospitals are where the, the best place to do it. Right. And then he was concerned about the mess. I think that was a big thing yeah. for him. <laughs> He's like, we have carpets. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a, like a guy problem. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so he, so did he start to kind of warm up to the idea later on as you progressed in your pregnancy or was he nervous all the way up until... He warmed up to it because also he was also with me in that I think that God was already preparing us for something like this because in every pregnancy, we did something different. In every pregnancy, there was always a preparation. You know, with our first son, it was okay. My water had broke, but we didn't do the epidural. We had purpose in ourselves. We weren't going to do the epidural. And, you know, the labor was long, but, you know, there were little things that God was already preparing us so that when it came to this, it was like, yes, he at first he was hesitant. But there were already things that were already leading up to this, that it was just like, you know what? And then, like I said, with everything with COVID, we were both just like, you know what? Just to avoid any complications, we'll just do it at home. Yeah, that's so awesome. And God was so faithful through that whole process. Even like, I'm just amazed at your faith, even in, in your iron levels being low. And, you know, like even not getting the midwife that you wanted and still being like, okay, God, like you've got this. You know, you're in control. I think that's so awesome. That's such a powerful testimony to other women. You know, even when things don't look good or don't look the way we want them to, we still walk in faith. Exactly. 
And that's exactly it. Um, so Jana just texted me and she said that we can't he- hear her, but she's still on the podcast. Um, okay. So I'll just uh, finish up. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add to it? Any like advice that you might have for other moms? I would also say, um, which Jackie Mize talks about this, you know, being mindful of who you speak to. That was also a big thing for me in my pregnancy. I didn't tell everybody that I was planning to have a home birth. Actually, we didn't tell a lot of people, to be very honest. Even our family members weren't too sure what we were doing. Um, The reason being is because people can also make you question what you're doing. And, you know, you want to you want to connect with people that are going to be in agreement with you and are going to pray for you in a positive way and are going mm-hmm. to encourage you, not tell you that what you're doing, why would you do that? Or that doesn't make any sense. Um, so when we had her, there were people that were like, you were you planning a home birth? Yes, we were. We just didn't talk about it because we didn't need anyone right. telling us what was the right way to do it. Um, and the next thing is connecting with groups. So when, you know, having groups like this, the supernatural childbirth mamas, or I have another group that I connect with called faith mamas, which is a tribe of women who focus on building different levels in their faith journey. So between these two groups, you know, the, the young, the young woman that runs that group faith mamas, she was also like an encouragement. And, you know, there was mm-hmm. a, um, there was a, a pregnancy and new mom section where, you know, we can talk and even her just having her there, they, we would, there's Bible studies, there's texts that are sent out, you know, what are you doing in your mom life today? Just different ways to be encouraged, which is a great app that, you know, that is out there that she has. And it, it just being involved in things like that really helps you. And, you know, one thing I remember, I think your story and a few other stories, sometimes your husbands may not be the ones that's right along there with you, Mm -hmm. because sometimes they may also feel like, well, you could, you're, you're the one that's pregnant. It's whatever you want, you know, Mm -hmm. keep praying, keep praying, keep trusting, because ultimately it's between you and God, because Mm -hmm. God is the one that's going to carry you through this. And that was my experience that God is the one carrying me through this. Not that my husband wasn't supportive. He was just like, you know what you want. You know what you're asking for. I'm just, I'm here with you. And that was it. And he was there with me that, you know, he didn't make a challenge. And he didn't say, you know, like I said, he was uncomfortable at first, but it wasn't an outright, if you do this at home, I'm not going to be there. No, it wasn't anything like that. It was just, you know, I'm going to have to warm up to this idea, which he did. And speaking to, because the midwife came around 36 weeks, she spent like almost two hours here talking to my husband and he was like asking questions and that helped him to become even more comfortable yeah that's so great and and you still walked in faith and you weren't you know I feel like you did awesome no matter what your husband thought exactly sometimes you gotta be the strong one you do you do and at different points we're all going to be right and that's what we're here for to help each other in that way so he you know he just went on with me and but I just did my thing and you know I just prayed and and trusted God made my list prayed over and I prayed over my list every day um I claimed bible text and you know the chapter that was my focus during this was Hebrews chapter 11 the faith chapter because that chapter just reminded me and you know the verse verse 6 where it reminds you that if you remember that he is a rewarder of them that seek him. That is the focus. Like that is what faith is about. And I can't let my faith waver. Like it says in James, if my faith is wavering, then I'm a double-minded man. So it's either I'm going to believe that he is, or I'm not going to believe that he is, but it can't be that I'm doing it and I'm not doing it today. And then it's, I'm all in. And that was what I had made the decision to do when I read the book, Supernatural Childbirth was to be all in. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, because he is faithful, and he's faithful to us. Exactly. No matter what. So that's so awesome. And I know, so um, any mom is listening, if you want to find our Facebook group, it's um, Supernatural Childbirth Mamas. And they can find you on there too, right, Kinda? Yes, I'm on the group, and I'm just under my name, Kinda Johnson. Okay. Are you okay with people reaching out to you? Yes, I am. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um do you mind just praying over the mamas before we get off of here? No problem. Okay, great. Okay. 
Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this awesome opportunity to share my birth story, which is ultimately your story. I thank you, dear Father, that, you know, there are many women out there that are seeking a different way and they're seeking your way to do this. And they are relying on you to take them through whether it's conception, whether it's the pregnancy, whether it's delivery, whether it's the fear of possible miscarriage, Father. They are relying on you to see them through. And in my experience, their father, your word has power. And I pray that each woman listening will claim the power in your words, remembering that it was your word that spoke life and created this world and brought everything into existence. Thereby, your word can also heal them, can get them through, can help them overcome and to bring them in and through everything that they are feeling and going through. And nothing is too hard for you. And we need to remember that in you, your promises are yes and amen. So I pray that, Father, they will claim your promises and they will claim your words as true, remembering their Father that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. I ask not only do you bless them, I ask that you bless Libby and you bless Jana in this ministry. And as they called it, a movement in encouraging women to go back to what your word says and to live your words and to make your words real in their lives and in their families. I thank you, dear Father, that your word is a living word and that we can rely on it and we can rely on you. Bless the babies. I pray for those that are ready to deliver and I pray that you will bless their delivery, bless their list and what they are asking you for. And I pray for answered prayers for these women. I pray for anyone who is ailing in any way that you will touch them and heal them and help them to remember dear father to trust you and to know that you are a God who heals and that you have promised in Hosea 6 1 that you will heal us. So they will be healed because you heal. I thank you for your healing power. And I thank you once again for this opportunity to be on the line with Libby and with Jana. And I pray once again, Lord, that you continue to bless them in their ministry and in their families. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Jesus. Thank you so much, Kenda. We're sad that Jana isn't able to talk. I know she wants to, but she's off the group somehow. So, yeah. Okay. Find the group on Facebook. Thank you so much, Kenda. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.